In studio with me this morning, uh, we have Justice Nzioki Macau. Uh, and I'll uh, explain why right now. The Employment and Labor Relations Court will hold its annual symposium and exhibition starting today all the way until the 20th of the month uh, at the Kenya in- uh, Kenyatta International Convention Center. The symposium will bring together employers, workers, institutions, SMEs, and unions, among others, to discuss promotion of social justice and economic prosperity. And you can follow the event uh, live on television and online. Justice uh, uh, Nzioki Macau, welcome to Capital FM. Thank you very much, Farid. Yes. I, I'm happy to be here. Wonderful to have you. Uh, and uh, again, uh, it is uh, an incredible thing you guys are doing. Uh, things that perhaps maybe uh, questions people would always have about this particular area of uh, of law and of justice, uh, yeah. maybe not being able to have access to the answers as freely as they would like. You sorted that out with the next four days of activities. Um, but before we get into that, I think the important thing to ask is a little bit to t- for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, I'm a judge at the Employment and Labor Relations Court. I've been so since 2012, July 2012, when I was appointed uh, together with uh, 12 other colleagues. Uh, thankfully, uh, we got an additional nine judges. So we are now 21. And at the court, we've been at the forefront in transforming the lives of Kenyans through uh, interpreting the new constitution and the labor laws in line with the aspirations of Kenyans uh, since 2012. So we've helped move the court from what it was. And uh, as uh, a member of that court, I came in with a little bit of um, uh, baggage from my days as a lawyer. But over time, I have learned that, yes, there are different ways of doing things. And so I am one of the few uh, of the many, many Kenyans who would have wanted to sit on those uh, positions, but I'm privileged and I'm lucky to have gotten an opportunity to serve in that uh, regard. I am a father of uh, four, two lovely, uh, sorry, one lovely lady and uh, three young men. And I also have um, uh, a family. I have brothers, sisters, a spouse, and I'm happy that they continue to make me do the best that I can for this country. I'm also an author of a book, Labor Law and Industrial Relations in Kenya, which in a sense would give um, some highlights on some of the things that we have covered in the employment laws in Kenya. Now, a question I would have is Employment and Labor Relation Court. Uh, you know, let's just let's sort of like demystify what it is that this court kind of tackles. Because, I mean, we know sort of top line, uh, if you have a problem with an employer or you have a problem with an employee or there's a work situation or you're wrongfully dismissed, etc. But really just break that down for us. Right. So for... Anyone who has uh, an interaction in the employment sphere, whether you are an employee, whether you're a casual, whether you're on contract, whether you are an employer, whether you are um, uh, a union, uh, the Federation of Employers, you have recourse when there is a dispute that is unresolved through the mechanisms provided, uh, either through mediation or through the conciliation process at the Ministry of Labor. You have a way to approach the court. And this court is the one that will hear your dispute, whether it relates to your constitutional rights, which have been infringed at the workplace, if it relates to your contract of employment, if it relates to your service, if it relates to anything connected with your employment that has that underlying uh, foundation being your employment contract. Uh, The only things we've been unable to deal with is your retirement because that now goes to the Retirement Benefits Authority. And uh, unfortunately, the law currently provides that when you are aggrieved there, you go to the high court. 
Uh, that was done long before our court came into existence. But because it's an employment-related issue, we think in due time uh, the law will be realigned to make it uh, possible for us to even deal with those. So whether you're a public servant under the Public Service Commission, whether you're working in the county government, whether you're working for a small uh, business in industrial area, whether you're working for a big multinational company, um, you have access to our court if you are aggrieved you can articulate your claims uh, before our court. And you can either appeal a decision that was made um, by, say, the work injury compensation uh, mechanism that is there, WIBA. You can also come to us when you're aggrieved uh, by uh, a certain incident at the workplace and come either for judicial review or a reference to uh, constitutional rights through the constitutional claims that you could raise, or you could come to us on an ordinary claim, which would be, I was dismissed, I feel my dismissal was unfair, I'd like to recover from my employer. Even employers bring employees to work when an employee doesn't give notice. That's what I wanted to ask. I wanted uh -huh. to go there because you've been speaking really from the perspective of the employee. Yes. But you're saying that employers can also come to bring court. a case to the court. Yes, where an employee does not do what is required. Right. Uh, if you don't give notice or you serve notice um, less than what you are required to under your contract, the employer can bring you to court and say, excuse me, uh, Nzioki, you were supposed to have given me three months notice. You only gave one. I'm entitled to two months uh, pay for the period that you did not serve notice. And uh, there are employers who have been successful. There are times you'll also see when there's a tussle between employers and a union, and the employer wants to stop the union from going on strike, the employer can come to court and right. they can get relief. So we are a court that handles both the employee and the employer, okay. and we ensure justice is served. W when was this court, when was the labor court formed, the, the Employment and Labor Court formed? It was formed under the 2010 Constitution, Article 162 made provision for that court. So it's quite new. Yes, it is. And where did these cases go before? It went to the industrial court. The okay. industrial court was a department under the Ministry of Labor, uh, as you're aware, in times past, uh, there was a confluence between the employer, the employer's uh, union, and trade unions, and the person who was in charge of that arrangement was the government. So the government being in charge and not having um, incorporated the judiciary in it had a department which mm -hmm. dealt with labor disputes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Under that, they had the labor court. Uh, which was at that time called the Industrial Court. Even when we joined, uh, we were initially called the Industrial Court, but later the name was realigned to what was provided for in the Constitution. So Kenyans felt that because that tribunal was deemed inferior to the High Court, because if you would want to file a claim, you could file it in the Magistrates Court or the High Court or before the Industrial Court, uh, Kenyans felt in the new constitution they wanted a court of the same status as the high court and that is why two courts were created, specialized courts, one on environment and land and the employment court. Mm. So the employment and labor relations court was a creature of the 2010 constitution and that's why when the judges of this court were interviewed and appointed in 2012, that was actually more or less to, uh, to say the start of this new uh, shift we have in handling disputes at the same level as the high court. But you're talking 13 years, roughly, right? Yes, 13 roughly 13. Yeah, yeah. So framework-wise, it right. must have been quite basic in terms of when it was established in 2010. So you guys are con continuously, I imagine, evolving. The, Definitely. I mean, you, you talked about 21 new judges, so yes. clearly you were understaffed in that 
Yes, department. we were. So initially, that, is there a constant involvement of, of how the labor court should evolve? Yeah, should work? Yes. As is, uh, you might be uh, keen to know that after the 2010 constitution, Kenyans became more alert and aware of their rights. Mm. As such, they had to have a responsive court. And when we were appointed, we were given the mandate to transform the former industrial court into a court of the same standard and level of uh, the high court. And we have done so, uh, even though uh, I may be said to be tooting our own horn Mm -hmm. or boasting. But yes, we indeed managed. The first 12 judges started the journey. And now with a new complement of an additional nine judges to make us 21, we've been able to do a lot of work. Initially, the court would go on circuit. The industrial court would go on circuit in Nakuru, Kisumu, Mombasa. But right now, we have judges who are permanently positioned in Kisumu. We have two judges. In Kakamega, we have a judge who also goes to Bungoma. We have uh, two judges in Nakuru. We have a judge in Nyeri who goes to Meru. We have two judges in Mombasa who handle the entire coastal region. And then we have nine judges in Nairobi, which is a very big compliment. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a judge in Eldred who serves Kericho and uh, yeah. uh, Kitale. You, you talked about Kenyans becoming more aware of their rights, especially within the sphere of employment yes. and labor. Um, but there's probably still a lot of cases that go unheard because people are still kind of learning what... And let's True. be honest, in this country, you know, employers can often strong arm uh, for lack of a better term, especially when it's sort of like informal labor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what are my rights? What are my rights? You know, if it's a domestic worker, a driver, etc. So I imagine there's a large part of the population that still needs to be sensitized to what you guys do. Uh, we are happy. And that is actually part of what we have been doing over the years. We have open days when we interact with members of the public. We have this uh, Employment and Labor Relations uh, Annual Conference and Symposium that will in a sense, highlight some of those concerns mm-hmm. people have so that they can be aware that there is a place you can go to for a remedy when you're aggrieved. We are also supporting alternative uh, justice systems okay. such as mediation, conciliation. Uh, the Ministry of uh, Labor has a very good structure on conciliation between employer and employee so that even if you don't come to court, you can have the dispute resolved. So that ultimately, I know many people do not... Um, quite understand the workings of the court system or even have the resources to do so. So sometimes it's easier to even have the dispute resolved in these other ways and get a win-win situation. And for us as judges uh, at the court, we will not shy away from informing the public. We've been doing so. We have cases where maybe uh, a driver has been to court. We have cases where maids have been to court, house helps, and quite a number have been successful. If you frame your case appropriately and have the evidence that is necessary for a claim, you will definitely succeed. Right. And so it's just a question of people knowing that we have a recourse. You can go for mediation. You can have arbitration. You can have uh, conciliation at the ministry. You can come to our court. And ultimately, the goal is to ensure that some degree of uh, justice is served. And our court is there to ensure that that is done because that's our mandate. The, 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 we're going to take a break, but before we do that, we're going to talk, come back and talk about, obviously, the symposium and what we can expect. But before we do that, um, from where you sit as a justice of the Labor and uh, Relation Court, uh, Labor Relation and uh, Employment Court, um, would you 
essentially encourage someone to try and find a solution before it gets to the level where you where you sit uh because obviously you don't want a backlog of thousands i mean we had lady justice uh, martha comey in here a few mm -hmm. months ago and she was talk saying when she took over i mean the backlog was was enormous was, yes i'm sure you guys would rather say look this doesn't need to come here you guys can sit down and have this discussion here yes in fact during the initial stages of the trial when you file your case before the court we have a process through which it is sifted. We have a registrar who will look at it and see whether it can be diverted mm -hmm. and go for mediation. We have quarter next mediation, which is that we have people who are engaged and employed by the judiciary to handle uh, mediation, which is um, conflict resolution uh, between the two parties where they come up with a solution themselves under the guide of the mediator. So we can divert some of the claims there and we would prefer if people could initially, instead of just rushing to court, seek other ways. Because that sometimes I live and hear a case, and at the end of it, the employer says, uh, I only wish uh, Nzioki had said that uh, these are his needs and this is what he wants. We would have been able to talk. But he just took off and mm. now has come to court. He's never called me. I tried to call him. He never picked my calls. And so we, that is why we are here. But otherwise, I know I am, I'm supposed to pay him X, Y, Z. And you see, at that point, when the employer even concedes that there is an amount that is due to be paid, it makes it easier to resolve it. But you see, you've taken some time before me. You've had me uh, probably and my court have to deal with that claim. Plus for there's time. legal fees. For yes, and then there's, there's legal fees at times. Yeah, there yeah. are cost implications, yeah. which you could have avoided if yeah. you had talked. Yeah, and so I if think you can talk, yeah. I, I, All the better. I do feel that some people use lawyers' letters uh, a little bit willy-nilly in this country, <laughs> and I'm sure you agree. You know, nine times out of ten, that lawyer's letter has no intention of finding its way to a court. Um, it's just, it, but it does shake people up to say, "I better get, I better do what it's, you know, I better solve, solve this problem." I'd prefer that when people receive a demand letter from a lawyer, you take it seriously, because yeah. that means that person has gone to look for help. Right. And that help might come in the form of a person filing a suit, yeah. which might cost you a lot more than if you decided to talk. Plus so reputational damage as well, especially exactly. if, you're, if you're an organization that is well-known or an individual that's yeah. well-known. And then you're constantly appearing on the cause list for, yeah, yeah, yeah. for and, and losing cases in our court. And, and it might not look so good journalists for love that. All right, we're <laughs> going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we will talk a little bit about the symposium and exhibition that's happening starting today, what we can expect. It's happening right here uh, just next to us uh, at Kenyatta International uh, Convention Center. Um, and um, those who want to follow the symposium and exhibition will tell you how you can do that uh, as well. So don't go anywhere. If you have any questions... Uh, not legal advice. I need to make that very clear. But if you have any questions for Justice Nzioki Macau, uh, please do get them in at 984 in the morning, hashtag drive in or 0701-984-984 on WhatsApp. In studio with me this morning, uh, Justice Nzioki Macau, uh, who is a judge at the Employment and Labor Relations Court. Uh, and we've been having a great conversation. So let's continue that conversation. The exhibition starts today at the Kenyatta International Convention Center. So what can we expect from this exhibition, uh, uh, Justice uh, Macau? Uh, the exhibition runs parallel to a symposium where we'll be having uh, university dons, We'll be having judges, we'll be having uh, heads of various uh, commissions such as SRC sitting and discussing uh, matters employment. We will have uh, stakeholders who will exhibit um, what they do. For instance, FKE have a stand. I saw the stand for Kotu. Kudeha have a stand. SRC have a stand. We have the prisons uh, who, if you may not be aware, 
provide certain uh, comforts. They make chairs, they make tables, they make furniture, which can be acquired. And in a sense, providing employment to the prisoners who are in custody, incarcerated, so that they keep themselves busy, learn a trade, and ultimately, as they get out of uh, there, you realize that they actually make good stuff, so you could actually buy from an ex-convict because they do good uh, furniture. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And then we have various uh, organizations such as IDLO, which has been a major partner in terms of working this journey of uh, social transformation through access to justice and helping us just get to a place where people now have all the tools necessary for them to seek uh, redress or resolution of uh, work-related conflicts. Okay. We have the various courts, uh, the Supreme Court, the Employment and Labor Relations Court, the High Court, and uh, the London Environment Court also exhibiting and talking to people about what their mandate is, what they do, so that Kenyans get uh, a lot of information from there. There'll be information packs that will be given to anyone who walks through the symposium, uh, the exhibition area. That's incredible. So, so a lot of questions will be answered, and you know, we we're sort of going to. I mean, we're demystifying what you do anyway here, mm -hmm. but also the symposium will give you a more detailed uh, look and feel. The the, uh, the 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 comment about the uh, ex-convicts is, is quite incredible. I really like that because I feel like you know, you know, in a lot of the uh, sort of developed parts of the world, ex-convicts are given a second chance and it always felt like in developing parts of the world once you're in you're in and that's it you know what i mean when you get out yeah. there's not really opportunities but there are you, there are opportunities there as well yes. question i have for you uh this is for me not from any listener but i will ask it um if i'm employed abroad uh a kenyan working in a different part of the world mm -hmm. um and i have an issue that a, I feel I've been hard done or, or mistreated by my employer. Mm -hmm. How does how can I how can that correlate with the with the uh, employment and labor relations court here? If your contract uh, was executed here in Kenya and made reference to resolution of the dispute here in Kenya, automatically we would have uh, a right to deal. Um, if the contract refers you to arbitration then that would take the matter out of our hands uh, but if the contract indicates the foreign jurisdiction as the primary uh, jurisdiction where you can file a claim it kind of limits you a bit however being someone who's from here and if you went through the stages that are necessary before that employment was executed before that engagement was undertaken you may be able to file a claim, say if your rights were infringed as a Kenyan in terms of a discrimination aspect that would fall within the employment sphere, and you are probably, say, kicked out of that country and you are here, where do you file? Mm. You can't go back to the country since you've been kicked out, so you can file here, and we'll maneuver through the legal channels uh, that might uh, arise. We've had cases where an employee worked abroad, was dismissed, but files a claim here, and if you didn't file a claim in other court and had it dismissed or dissolved or resolved in that other country, you may have a claim that you could press here in Kenya. But if you dealt with that case in the other country, the employer might be able to raise um, um, a barrier and say, no, 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 you sued me in the other country. That case was dealt with. You are even paid or maybe you got uh, some partial relief. So you can't take me to court again for the same dispute, the same issue. So, so you have to work quite closely with the with the similar entity in that country. Not necessarily, because most of the time when someone files a suit in another country, they will not disclose uh, they filed a suit. 
they, they, they don't have any requirement to disclose that right. they have a case which right. they have abroad. But when they come before us, the party who was taken abroad would say, no, 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 no. I was sued in another country. This is the second case we are having on this issue. But if you filed it here, and for this I'll give hypothetically, um, say I am suing um, a company that is based abroad, but I'm suing them here because I work here. The company that I serve, which is based abroad, could claim that they're not supposed to respond to any claims in Kenya. Mm. But you might find that that does not fly because I am working for that company. I am based here in Kenya. Though I execute the work for that company, as you've noted, currently there is a lot of working from home. I might be working from home for a company in the U.S. If I do that, the company in the U.S. can't say that I can't sue them in Kenya, mm. but must sue them in the U.S. because I serve them from Kenya. And residually, there should be some way in which that dispute can be resolved in the Kenyan courts. Right. So those are some of the issues that will keep coming up and yeah. we will tackle them as they progress. The, the issue of domestic workers uh, going to the Middle East and, and you know the tragedies that have been happening mm -hmm. uh, there, um, I'm, I'm guessing... I'm guessing that if they had gone through the uh, Ministry of Labor, mm -hmm. there would be a cause for some sort of um, uh, legal Indeed. proceeding. But but chances are they've gone sort of in a magendo way, I guess. Uh, let me put it this way. If you go through the Ministry of Labor, the Ministry of Labor will have vetted the employer because the Ministry of Labor will know on the other end who is the employer, uh, what uh, do they offer, how do they get to answer back in relation to the rights of that employee? And if you actually have those uh, contracts or even those employment channels through the ministry, when you get a job abroad and you are going to work as a domestic help, say in the Middle East, the best is to make sure that the ministry has checked and that that employer on their database is allowed to offer the employment that they're offering you. And if you don't do that, then of course you might be in a very, very dark situation where yeah. you end up in the Middle East, you are taken there by someone who is rogue, they uh, confiscate your passport when you land, they do not pay you when you are required to be paid, and then they do not even let you go and hand you over to another person and sort of create uh, the modern slavery yes, I was gonna that say, we've been seeing. Human trafficking, and really. That yeah. is very wrong. Yeah. So if an employment agency is to be uh, able to offer that employment, you must be able to cross-check with the ministry that they have the capacity and that they have followed the requirements of the Ministry of Labor in ensuring work abroad to the dignity and standards that are uh, required. And if the ministry does not give you a tick, then you should definitely not be in that business. So right. Kenyans would be best advised to check with the Ministry of Labor and see whether this employer has passed through the and test. Invented. Yes. All right. Well, these questions and many more will be answered between today and uh, Thursday at the Kenyatta International Convention Center. How do we follow the symposium online? Um, there is a link that is available for people to follow. I would have to pull it out from my phone. I'll, I'll find it and post yes. it. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, if you could just post that, sure. it would be possible. There'll be live streaming of the event uh, today. You'll be able to follow that up. And then as uh, KICC is an open area, you do not need to pay to attend. You can come. Uh, we had asked people to register, but for the 
uh, uh, the, the exhibition you, you can just be a walk-in but for the symposium itself you need to have registered there is uh, um, a, a site which was set up for that purpose and I believe I can also share that with you uh, so that you post it for members yeah. who may wish to participate uh, in the various categories we had slots for members of the public we have lawyers we have employers, we have various uh, stakeholders there. In fact, the Institute of uh, Human Resource uh, will be there, IHRM. They will be there to okay. also exhibit Which is great. And, and, and engage with stakeholders. I believe as some of the key employers, th they'll be able to deal with some of the issues that uh, will be pertinent to the discourse that will be on this, uh, this week. Okay, yes. wonderful. Thank you Thank so you. much for coming in. It's been an absolute pleasure to meet you. Thank I you know for we having have, us. We have uh, uh, a pedigree of uh, family of yours that has a, <laughs> a big involvement in uh, in the, the news department here at Capital FM. Yes. Uh, and a great uh, young man who's now working with uh, the, judiciary. the judiciary as well. Yeah. Michael Mumo. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But an absolute yeah. pleasure to have you here. Thank you for Thank coming you. in and looking forward to the symposium. Awesome. And thank you for having us here. Thank you. Capital FM